What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who staked his claim on Mike Williams before the season started, a.k.a. the DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Max, man, I'm doing great, and it feels, uh, you know, it feels really good to hear that. And I don't want to say I told you so to too many people, but, uh, you know, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Mike Williams so far this season. Definitely saw that as a, uh, a good target this offseason. So, um, also, I love the uh, the old Devin Hester jersey you're rocking today. Oh, I, we got Devin Hester. Got to show baby. some appreciation for the special teams, guys. So, I love it. Um, but, yeah, everything's going good. Definitely, uh, Dynasty teams are off to a good start this year. And I'm definitely excited for uh, Sunday Night Football. We got uh, quite the heavyweight matchup, Bucks versus Pats. So, we'll see what happens. But I don't feel great about it as a Pats fan, I won't lie. <laughs> The Gillette homecoming. Um, but but I will say before we jump into the show, I'm I'm running dry on jerseys. I mean, we're getting into the deep cuts oh, yeah. now. Um, so expect some some gems to come out pretty soon because we got a couple tricks up our sleeves. But Devin Hester, if you're listening, one of my favorite players to ever grace a football field. Um go back and watch the uh opening play of I think it was the 09 Super Bowl yep. where he ran back the opening kick. Beautiful. Oh, man. He's a he legend. was an absolute game breaker. So, all right, Mike, I think the people know the deal at this point. You run the polls. We talk about the polls. Um, before we jump into that tonight, want to say that uh, this week's Tweet of the Week goes out to Russ Clay, um, one of the great minds in the uh, fantasy Twitter sphere. That's right. And I'm sick of spoiling it for the listeners. So we're going to post it in the show notes. We'll tag it, uh, you know, when we post the show on Twitter, and you guys can go check it out for himself. But spoiler alert, it might be about Trevor Lawrence. Oh. So. <laughs> Let's pivot into some QBs that at least one of them's having a better season than Trevor Lawrence. I'm not sure about yeah. yet. Um, I, you know, Dan and I touched on this, I think, the last time we did a show. And because we had a little back and forth, and some uh, some fun disagreements there. I wanted you to throw it up on Twitter. So we did a little this or that. In one corner, we have Justin Fields. In one corner, we have Joe Burrow. And we changed up the format this time, right? So you gave people the answers of who would you rather have in Dynasty? This player by a lot. This player by a little. Um, where did the wisdom of the crowds land on Justin Fields versus Joe Burrow? Yeah, so we'll see. I don't I don't know how much possibly recency bias has to do with these polls, but the people came back with 49% wanted Burrow by a little bit, so just a narrow margin, or a wide margin, I should say. Burrow by a lot had 26% of the vote. So generally speaking, three out of four people prefer to go with Joe Burrow at the moment, which personally yes. I, I cannot disagree with. Um, but I don't know how you feel <laughs> about this poll. <laughs> I mean, the people have spoken 75%. Um, I do think we posted this a week ago or yeah. a week and a half ago. We might have gotten some different results. But after <laughs> seeing uh, a disastrous showing on Sunday, um, I haven't changed my tune at all. It's one game. And for me, I'm still taking Justin Fields because he's what you want in today's NFL game, right? Now, there's. Current situations might be a little bit of worlds apart. We'll see what happens. We'll see if Allen Robinson is still a bear by the trade deadline, right? Yeah. right? That's something to watch. But Justin Fields, somebody 97th percentile career touchdown to interception ratio, 94th percentile career completion rate, and 93rd percentile career yards per team pass attempt. 
we know he can do it, right? Exactly. There's growing pains. Not every single quarterback. Go back and look at Lamar Jackson's rookie year. Go back and look at Kyler Murray's rookie year. Like compared to three years later and what we're watching these guys do now, it takes time. It's one game. I haven't changed my tune, but it sounds like your team Burrow regardless. I yeah the the tough part is that I do love Justin Fields and by no means do I not um, still have high hopes for his career. Um, my problem and you know I in some ways you know in some of my drafts I did take uh, Fields in a draft ignored the possibility of Matt Nagy completely screwing things up uh, for him if if just watching that game nine sacks uh, is inexcusable and if they don't figure out a way to use him properly. I could see Justin Fields falling out of favor with the dynasty community. So in some ways, that is why I tend to lean Joe Burrow, because I feel like he has a you you mentioned their current situations. I think that's going to have a lot to do with how people view Burrow and Fields, uh, you know, the the two of them against each other over the next few years, because Burrow has an embarrassment of riches in my eyes, as far as the three wide receivers he has to throw to, as well as Joe Mixon. Um, you know, they're going to be playing in a lot of shootout games uh, because, you know, they don't have the most amazing defense. I could see Burrow, you know, I, I just I feel better about Burrow uh, right now. But I'm sure that, you know, whether it's a coaching change in Chicago or they are able to actually scheme well for Justin Fields, things can absolutely change very quickly. Montgomery's a great running back. Allen Robinson, one of the best veteran wide receivers to have as a young kid. So um, I'm just slightly team Burrow, but not not waving any crazy flags about about Justin Fields quite yet you know Dan and I have had these conversations off the air um, but maybe some it's time to bring some of it to the show you know I am a firm believer of coaches matter on the margins Um, I think the the fantastic coaches matter a little less than people think they do and Mm -hmm. I think the bad coaches it's equally true where they matter they don't matter as much as they think they do but there is something to be said for a bad game plan right and Ask uh, Sean McVay how the uh, Patriots Super Bowl worked out for him and not changing his game plan, right? So, but I think you hit on something there with Justin Fields. They weren't giving him a lot of easy throws, you know, from what I saw. Um, you know, I'm not a professional film analyst, but, you know, they weren't giving any of that rollout, move the pocket, exactly. boot action stuff that you feel like somebody with his mobility would really succeed with. So, hopefully, they course correct, but. We we got it, right? The people are on Team Burrow right now. I'm sticking on Team Fields, and we will see how it plays out. can respect that for sure. <laughs> so to move on to another positional battle, and Mike, before we go over this one, I just want to let you know that it is illegal to say a bad thing about Kyle Pitts. Yeah. If you say a bad thing about Kyle Pitts, you were canceled on Twitter. Oh, yeah. He is one of the greatest tight end prospects of all time, and if you ever say a bad thing, you know, it's, it's just over. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> In one corner, we have the unbeatable greatest tight end prospect of all time, Kyle Pitts, who I do like, but I want some hyperbole here. And in the other corner, we have my guy, who I've been rooting for for a couple years, TJ Hawkinson. We did the same formula, Hawk by a little or a lot, Pitts by a little or a lot. Where did the Twitterverse take us on this, Mike? Yeah, so it sounded like 39% of people, which was the, the largest uh, sum of people, wanted a Hawkinson by a little bit. While 24% of people preferred Pitts by a little bit, both players each had about 18%, I think, saying that people wanted them a lot. So there's definitely some parity here. Um, I know for myself, um, you know, it's tough to put 
we're talking dynasty again here. So Kyle Pitts could absolutely have a down year or at least not break out completely this year. He's going to disappoint a lot of people that drafted him way too high in the first place. But that doesn't mean he can't have a fantastic year. Hawkinson, I think his rookie year was, you know, he didn't finish even as a top 30 tight end. But if you're asking me, I'm on the the side of, of people that are saying Hawkinson right now because the dude just finished as a top five tight end last year. And he's already killing it this year. He had a tough game week three uh, where it seems like the other team just kind of took him out of the game. But I don't know. I I, I would definitely have to lean with TJ here. I just don't think these players are that different. Um, And I think that's my problem with it. So Kyle Pitts comes into the league this year, drafted at the 104, highest tight end ever taken. But just a few years ago, TJ Hawkinson went at the 108. Exactly. So both extremely high draft picks they both have elite athleticism right Pitts and Hawkinson are basically the same size Pitts a little bit more on the speed side Hawk a little bit more agile short area quickness yep and I think they were equally impressive in college because for me personally Kyle Pitts his production otherworldly fantastic production really only had Kadarius Tony to compete with um, so he was the guy that ate in that offense when you flip it to the Hawkinson side, it's so hard to truly look at his college production because he was sharing the field with Noah Fant. Yeah. They were competing for targets, competing for touchdowns, and they both still broke out at reasonable ages, You know, were able to produce in that offense. So for me, when you put the numbers in context, I think Hawkinson's resume is pretty much on par with Kyle Pitts. The athleticism's on par. And the tight end position is hard to learn in the NFL, yeah. right? You have to learn how to block. You have to learn how to run routes. And then you have to learn how to block and then go run a route. Yeah. So I'm team Hawkinson. I've always been team Hawkinson. And I think we want to lean on for me in dynasty. I want to lean on the guy that has a great prospect profile. I've seen him do it and I've seen him do it for a couple of years. And Oh yeah, he's balling out this year. <laughs> exactly. It looks like him and Jared, Jared Goff are going to be a pretty solid combo this year. And Matt Ryan has definitely seen better days. I think he'll still have a good year, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I feel like I've, I've been a little jokingly down on Kyle Pitts on the show. <laughs> I love Kyle Pitts. I do own Kyle Pitts in a league yeah. for all the listeners at home, just so they won't, just so they know that. Um, but I think the, the hype went too far and I'm actually glad to see the Twitterverse agree with us on this. Yeah, one. absolutely. Same. So to round it out, the third big poll that we had this week was, Two players that are complete opposites, in my opinion. So in one corner, we have Devonta Smith, the reigning Heisman champ, top 10 draft pick in the NFL. And the other, we have prototypical alpha wide receiver, Denver Broncos superstar, Cortland Sutton. Mike, where did the polls bring us on this one? So it looked like 34% of people would prefer Sutton by just a little bit while 24% of people would prefer Smith. So pretty close there, but 23% of people would prefer Smith by a lot. So it seems like the Smith uh, fanboys were coming out a little bit harder than the Sutton ones. So um, I'm a little bit more on the fence with this one. Uh, You know, I don't know if you have a player here that you would definitely prefer over the other. Um, I don't own either in any leagues, I don't believe, so... I, I definitely have a take on this. Um, and, you know, I feel like I've been butting heads with the polls for, for the duration <laughs> of us doing this the last couple months. Happens. But 
I agree with them here. Um, you know, I think I've made it no secret that I use history to be instructive when I build dynasty teams and Devonta Smith, it is very difficult to come up with successful comps for him at the NFL level, despite all his production at Alabama. It is very easy to look at Cortland Sutton's resume and size and athleticism and say, yep, that is the exact type of wide receiver that NFL coaches love to put out there and run goal line phase exactly. with. So for me, it's Cortland Sutton. Um, we've seen him ascend, have at least a thousand yard season with some pretty treacherous quarterback play for a little while. I mean, rookie version of Drew Locke was not exactly the uh, <laughs> fantastic thrower of footballs that Sutton probably yeah. wanted. So I go Sutton. I actually might say it's close. I don't think I'd be in the Sutton by a lot camp. I think it's relatively close because there's probably about a four year age gap between mm -hmm. them. Um, and I do want to see Devonta Smith succeed. I want to see him break the trends. I want to see him be the guy that can go out there at 175 pounds and crush number one cornerbacks. I'm just not going to bet on it for my dynasty teams. Yeah. So I can't blame you at all there. I mean, again, I've, I've said on a past podcast that Sutton just the way that he goes up and catches the ball, he just looks like a complete alpha. Um, I do think that Jerry Judy will play a very important role for them. You know, he's, he's injured right now. Um, I could see people definitely making the case for Devonta Smith, um, where, you know, if you have faith that Jalen Hurts is going to slowly but surely figure out with with better um, a better completion percentage, better accuracy, um, Smith is definitely, in my eyes, the easily the best receiving option that they have on that team. Um, whereas, you know, with with Sutton, you could make the case that, that Judy is, is potentially a, a better wide receiver. Some people would. Um, but I, I still lean slightly Sutton here. So um, I just, uh, I don't, I don't see... I don't see a reason to not want to have a wide receiver with Teddy Bridgewater as their QB right now. So he is number two in passer rating right now. He's looked great, looks accurate, and he looks like he could lead the Broncos to a pretty decent season. Teddy two gloves, man. Right? I mean, it works. There is a there is an alternate universe out there where he never got hurt and had that career setback that he did when he was getting ready for ascension with the Vikings and. I mean, this is the this is the Teddy Bridgewater that, if memory serves me correctly, got Devontae Parker drafted, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, he was the one throwing accurate balls to Devontae Parker That's and right. Louisville. So, hopefully I'm right on that. But I agree. You know, I think you can make a case for both players. I'm just going to bet on the traditional alpha that Cortland Sutton is. And I do think it'll be very interesting to see when Jerry Judy comes back yeah. how that offense shakes up uh, or shapes out next year. Totally. So... I want to quickly segue into the last part of the show because it just works out so perfectly. Right. Because I said, Mike, when we get on the mics, I want you to come at me with one dynasty trade target. And my dynasty trade target, Mike, just so happens to be Mr. Cortland Sutton. Ow. So <laughs> he is number six in air yards right now, number 11 in unrealized air yards. So even though Teddy's accurate, we could even maybe get a little bit more out of Cortland Sutton. And... I think they've been in some games where they haven't had to throw a ton. They've kind of just uh, traded punches with some of these early opponents. And as the schedule gets tougher, I'm thinking they'll probably need to throw more. And that is where you're going to see Mr. Alpha Cortland Sutton shine. So 
For you listening at home, if you need some help at wide receiver or need to fill out those flex positions and you're a contender, Cortland Sutton is somebody I think you can invest in now and get production now and still have some great years later in his career to get production then as well. I like it a lot. I can't disagree at all. Um, I know that I came up with another wide receiver who is a bit on the older side. I know a lot of people don't love Max included uh, pursuing the older wide receivers in Dynasty Leagues, but... I truly think that this guy, at least for the next couple of years, could be a very important part of the offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars in their young quarterback, and that is Marvin Jones Jr. Um, you know, if you just watch some of their games this year, the Jags have been throwing the ball on average about 40 times a game. Uh, you know, they got Chark, they got Chenault, but the guy who has been Mr. Consistent for them is Marvin Jones thus far. He's the wide receiver 20 in PPR leagues. Um, and you know, this is, this is the type of guy that's been talked about really only ever as a wide receiver flex type of guy. When, if you look at his numbers over the past five seasons, he's really been a consistent, at least low end wide receiver too. Uh, you know, he went to the Jaguars, got paid this year. So this is in the context of, you know, you're not looking for a younger guy to get in early on. You're looking to see if maybe there's uh, uh, the owner of Marvin Jones in your league is either rebuilding and they could use some picks or maybe they have plenty of wide receivers and younger wide receivers and they don't want to have as many old wide receivers. So you could fly in there with with picks or, you know, uh, send a uh, a younger piece and get a guy that you can plug into your lineup reliably every week this this year and possibly next It's a two year deal. We'll see what happens. But um, I still feel good about him, even at 31 years old. It's a very classic Mike move because yep. from what I've seen, um, you were the ultra win now type <laughs> and uh, not saying that you don't also scheme for the future, yeah. but um, you love making these types of moves. And I agree. I mean, I don't think it would cost you a high rookie pick at all. I mean, you might be able to pick them up for a third rounder in some leagues, yeah. depending on how deep they are. So that's definitely an interesting one to, um, to keep tabs on. And I do want to say, because you joke about it, but it's actually a reality the most recent startup that you and I were in together, I'm pretty sure I left that draft. And keep in mind, this was a productive struggle team. I traded out of the first round. I don't think a single player on that team was over the age of 25. And I think it was Cortland Sutton. So at the time, I think he was either, he's either late 25 or just turning 26. But yeah, that team, ultra young. I, I remember when we drafted that team too. That was before Sleeper came out with their rookie profile fixtures. So your team was the, the faceless, the faceless. The uh, faceless wonders. <laughs> Yes. Beautiful. Yes. That Beautiful. was a solid, solid team name hey, until they updated all those photos. That's the way to go about it. If you're kicking the can down two years down the road or so, that's your team could look mighty fine by then. So, well, that's a good trade target, Mike. So listeners listen to us, go build great dynasty teams. And, uh, you know, when, when it's right, invest in a 31 year old wide receiver. That's right. <laughs> so getting out of here for today, this is the dynasty dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Milk was a bad choice.